I think the only way to be master or mistress, whatever you want to say, of your own destiny is to be entrepreneurial. I think that's the only way to do it, the only way to, to kind of embrace all the different things in your life, paradoxes. I believe entrepreneurs are artists. Yes. You're creating something out of nothing, and it's a beautiful way to live your life. So that that's the, you know, if you keep your eye on that, when, you know, some of those obstacles seem less important. Welcome to the Cashflow Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Susan Crichton, and my guest today is Sue Rice. So Sue is a marketing strategist, professional copywriter, and international communications expert who currently runs an agency that specializes in story-based email marketing. She's well known for her legendary writing expertise, public speaking skills, and out-of-the-box thinking. A native Californian and Stanford University graduate, she worked at Ogilvy and Mather, and I presume that's where you got your nickname, was it? That's exactly where I got the nickname. <laughs> In New York City, very exciting, and then was the communication director for BBDO Europe in Paris before starting her own agency. She's recently published Tiny Thunder, Irresistible Messaging for an Overwhelmed World, which I'm sure we'll talk about, a book about how to use the art of metaphoric storytelling to persuasively share your message. So very exciting, very exciting life. Seems like to me, New York, Paris, now living in France, working for Ogilvy Mather. Sounds fantastic. Do you want to sort of tell us a little bit about your journey so far and any stories? Sure, sure. Oh, I've got lots of stories. So thank you so much for having me. That's the first thing I'd like to say. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so I feel like when I think about on my journey, it's funny because, it, you know, it's sometimes it's easier to look back to see the threads, right? Yes. But I, and I, there are a couple of threads that have always been there. One is my deep and sort of everlasting love of words, which started really, really young. I can remember when I learned how to read and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is complete and total magic. I've always been, and I, you know, I, at one point, well, I think I had an IQ test when I was in second grade or something. And my, they called my parents and they said they've ne they'd never seen anyone with sort of these verbal skills. So I think it was like something genetically, I was genetically yeah. wired, right? It wasn't like, it was something I was born with. No, definitely. Um, if you can remember from when you started reading, I can't remember when I started <laughs> reading at all. Oh, I, I, you know, and I, it's, I still feel that magic and, so that was one of the threads. The other thread was always a wanderlust. You know, I've lived all over the world. I've, you know, I've settled in France because I, I love this country, but I've traveled very extensively and I've lived in a lot of different places. So there was always that wanderlust, that right. sort of curiosity about other cultures and other people. And I think the third thread, which is slightly a vague thread, but super, super important was following my intuition. Okay. I've, oh, I've, you know, and that kind of, I honed that skill. I think that you hone that skill as you go move forward in life. Yes. But 
It's never, every time I haven't listened to my intuition, I've regretted it. (laughs) And, but most of the time I've, it's guided me, right? So, I mean, I was a city girl. I, you know, I grew up just south of San Francisco and then I lived in Washington, D.C., then, then, then New York, then Paris, et cetera. But, and now I find myself, I mean, I have an apartment in Paris, but the bulk of my time is spent out in the French countryside which is like kind of the last place I would have thought I would have ended up. Okay. And, but it's, we, we bought this house that I'm, I'm speaking from right now, you know, as a weekend home. And it just, I, we basically, it's, I can only say this is a love affair. I have a love affair with my house. <laughs> you no, know, I, it's I, like, I get that because I've got a love affair. I've got a flat and I've got a love affair with my flat too. Yes. And, you know, and, and I wouldn't have, if I had been writing it out on a paper as a goal, this would not have been what, no, but, but, no. but, and I can remember when I first moved down here full time, I'm like, I'm going to die. I have to be in a city. And, but you know, after about six months, I'm like, this is kind of great. And of course, with technology, you can really, you really can have the best of both worlds. Like yeah. I t- talked to many, many different people from many different nations every single day. I have a really rich professional life, but I also have the the freedom of living in the countryside. So it's really the best of both worlds. I mean, I think that's probably the fourth thread, which is I think to really live a, a rich life, you have to embrace the power paradox, right? Yes. The, you know, that, you know, cause it's sort of like, I feel like I'm, have a, ba- a calm backdrop with which to watch sort of the, to participate in the craziness of today's world, if that makes yes. sense. So, yes. there's, you know, I mean, so yeah, so those are sort of the threads I would say that kind of mark my particular journey. Okay. What sort of lessons would you sort of, because a lot of my listeners are SMEs, small businesses, maybe starting up, maybe being there for a little while, what sort of lessons would you sort of say to them that they maybe need to sort of take notice of as they're starting up? Okay, so one thing is that how you begin isn't necessarily where you'll end up, right? And to feel yes. and that that evolution is part of the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. What I have found is that <laughs> I always kid that I'm like a Mexican meal, like, you know, some uh, there have been seasons where I've been an enchilada and seasons where I've been taco, but all the in- <laughs> the ingredients are always the same. You know, there's always the strategy, the, the the way I think about strategy, the way I articulate in words, the importance to me of being authentic and genuine and how we communicate with each other. So and, what you know, everyone has different ingredients. You might be making a, a you know, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, tapas or whatever, but, you know, kind of feeling just understanding that while you evolve and you might change the way you present yourself to the world that most probably the underlying kind of ingredients are going to be the same what you're really so you need to kind of define what it is you're good at and then be a little bit open to how that might be presented to the world that would be one thing and the second thing that i would say for sure for sure is you really as to be an entrepreneur to do your own business you really have to your middle name needs to be perseverance yeah you can, and you really can't let 
what people say, what people, what external events happen, deter you from, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and, and, you know, your failures and your, when you miss a mark or your, they're beautiful teachers. They tell you, you know, that you need to course correct. And they're not, uh, they're not an indictment of you, but they're simply saying, no, you got to go a little bit more of it to the right here or a little bit more to the left, or maybe you need to make a (laughs) U-turn. Yeah. And you, I mean, those lessons, those failures happen even when you think you're established, don't they? Don't they? Oh, they, they happen all the time. It's like, you know, there's, you know, my, both my daughters are now entrepreneurs and started, have started their own companies. And, and it's funny because, you know, some of the, 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 the challenges that they have, you know, starting up are the same challenges I still have. And I, but I think as you, as you, move along you you get more used to it you're it's less it's like kind of shocking at the beginning oh my god someone said this yeah but as you you kind of you kind of you 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 take it in your stride a little bit yeah. more the more yeah. you do but yeah. yeah the challenges are never leave ever no no i agree i agree they never ever leave yeah and the third thing you, you said there was going to be a third thing um or is there not? No, was I that? think that I think that's I think that's those are the two biggest thing big biggest things that I would say are lessons that I've learned. You know, the fact that you, you know, you you evolve and how you present yourself to the world can change pretty considerably. You know, there there are there are seasons. Yes. Right. And there's and also it's not just what the outside world wants. It's also what you want and how you want to present yourself and yes. what you want to do. So yeah. just, you know, I would be really gentle, be gentle and compassionate with yourself on that, I guess yeah. is what I would say. You definitely evolve in a, in a business sense, that's for sure. Because I think when you start up, you're all wide eyed and everything's going to be fantastic and really you get a bit of a surprise that it's not like that. <laughs> but, but if I could say I'll start on a more positive note, I feel like I really believe this really strongly. I think the only way to be master or mistress, or whatever you want to say, of your own destiny is to be entrepreneurial. I think that's the only way to do it. The only way to 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 kind of embrace all the different things in your life, the paradoxes, the different, you know, I, to me, it's a beautiful, I believe entrepreneurs are artists. You're creating something out of nothing and it's a beautiful way to live your life. So that that's the, you know, if you keep your eye on that, when, you know, some of those obstacles seem less important. Yeah. And they're, they're, um, they're definitely different from, other people. I think you need to have that certain something to go into business and to stay in business. Because I get a lot of clients that start business and then say to me, no, this isn't for me. And I think, well, that's that's a good lesson. They've learned that it's not for them. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think not a lot of people, they, they'd like to be next, next to an entrepreneur. Yes. And supporting them. Yes. And you know what? That's a really, really important role. Too. Yeah, of course it is. And that's what entrepreneurs need. They need the people yeah. around about them so that they can be what they want to be and that they know that there's people behind them supporting them. That's right. I think that's, that's right. important. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Tiny Thunder, Irresistible Messaging for an Overwhelmed World. Tell me a little bit about it. How did it come about? And 
Um, who's it for? So Tiny Thunder really can be something that almost anyone can use, anyone that needs to communicate, whether it's a teacher or whether it's a business person, whether it's, I mean, it's, you know, a writer. I'll tell you how it came about. So I write tons and tons and tons and tons of emails, like thousands and thousands of emails. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard about, you know, the, you know, sort of the magic of storytelling. So yes. unfortunately, what most people define storytelling as in terms of marketing is um, brand storytelling. So it's like, this is my story. This is, you know, why you should listen to me. And I personally, it's it's fine brand storytelling, but it's got a short runway. <laughs> Because I know because I've had to write on that short runway. And after, you know, five, six, seven emails, we run out of, we run, we we can, you can only repeat that story so many times unless you're, you know, like a Sarah Blakely or something, right? Yeah. And I would um, would get fed up listening to it or reading it. Well, but also the, the problem with it is the spirit of it for me isn't exactly in alignment with how I want to communicate with people because. I don't, you know, I always, I I always like to talk about how, you know, when you go to a dinner party, you don't want to be sitting next to the person who's like, let me tell you about myself. No, no, no. You'll get more than You want to talk about the person that's telling all these fun little stories and little story snacks and making you laugh and, and, you know, being charming about it. That's, and so Basically, I, you know, I, so I started writing a lot of these emails. When you start writing like 20, 30, 100 emails for one person, you quickly need to start feel, feel, finding inspiration. So, so I realized that the brand storytelling was kind of a short runway. And then, then I, so I started to experiment with writing. I don't even call them stories. I'd like to call them story snacks, little anecdotes, little okay. like how we talk in how we talk at that dinner party. We don't, yeah. I don't come sit down and say, I have a hero's journey. You really need to listen. <laughs> like no one, is, no one talks like that. Right. And what we do say is, Oh, did you see that meme with that? You know, the dog that was doing this or that or whatever, you know, you, there's, you know, we, and we gossip about people. We tell little, little vignettes and little anecdotes. Yeah. And so I started experimenting with taking that sort of, all those kinds of themes that are already in the collective dialogue. And I was using them to metaphorically illustrate things. So metaphorically illustrate a pain point or a challenge or a solution or a process or even a product. So, you know, so, you know, instead of saying, I I mean, there's a million different examples, but, you know, instead of saying something like, you know, this is, you know, this is going to be, you know, this isn't going to take very much time. This is going to be a time saver for you. Why don't you tell a tiny little story about how Steve Jobs took eight years to pick a couch with his 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 wife? Right? It's like I promise you, it's not. You know, you t- you show you show what happens when, <laughs> when people like are cannot make a decision. Right? So, but, I mean, that's just one kind of dumb little example, but I have a story. I have a story library of thousands. There's millions of them out there that illustrate. And the thing that's so great about Tiny Thunder. So I use that. I use that. And e- I use that in emails. I help people use that for their sales talks. I use it for, you know, 
We can use it in advertisements. There's just a million different ways that you can apply that method, both in marketing and and also just in general general persuasion. And also tr- when you try to share a difficult idea, yes, you you bring or something that's a new idea, you bring it back to something that people know, right, and that people can relate to. Um, one of the great metaphoric storytellers was Steve Jobs, right? Yes. I mean, he, you know, he would say things like, you know, um, instead of going into all the features of what the iPod was, he says it's like having a thousand songs in your pocket. That's a metaphor, that's a metaphoric story snack, right? Yes. So anyone can get that. So so that's basically so the book is about that, but also so it's a technique, it's a framework that you can use to communicate, but but I also think it's larger than that. I think it's a philosophy because it's about raising the bar of how we communicate, using little stories, joining the collective dialogue versus interrupting it, kind of putting the bar up a little bit because I feel like, and I feel like it's getting worse and worse. You know, you're, you, you can go into your inbox and everything sounds and looks the same no matter yeah. what industry is trying to and you know all that we're templated out we're burnt out with you know sort of same old same old techniques and so what's so great about tiny thunder is how you would use it how i would use it or how the next person would use it is completely different it's a lovely technique that's really easy and makes marketing fun again i might add but it's how it the stories that you pick are not going to be the ones I pick. And we can no. talk about your personal life. You can talk about movies that you watch. You can talk about music that you've listened to, uh, memes that you've read. I mean, it just, you know, it's endless, really. Yeah. And that runway is infinite. Yes. Because yeah. we are storytellers, right? So, yeah. Because everything happens to us. If you sit and think about it, what happened last week, you can, you can find a story there and then you can relate yeah. it to your business somehow. Absolutely everything. It's yeah. just, yeah. I mean, from what, you, how you're cooking to how you, I mean, everything you could just, it just goes on and on when you start. And once you start sort of exercising that muscle, you see tiny thunder everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit what, where tiny thunder came from the expression, tiny thunder. So there, I'm actually not really sure how I was just trying to think of, you know, something that created a noise. And so I basically, but then I just put, you know, and thunder was one of the things that I thought of. And then I thought, you know, but but it's just, they're little tiny morsels. They're not, you know, they could be one line. They could be one statistic. They could be one. So that's why I put the word tiny in front of it. I suppose tiny and the But tiny thunder is a metaphoric story, which is why the reason I did it, I could have said, you know, combining stories and metaphor, but Tiny Thunder in and of itself is a metaphoric story, right? Yeah. So tiny stories build up to a thunder. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Get that. Get that. Well, also the at the beginning of the book, at the very beginning, the intro, I I do a quote again from Steve Jobs, who was he was saying he was instructing when he did the Apple 1984 ad, which is a really famous ad, right? Yeah. And he instructed Shiat Day, who was his ad agency at the time, he said, I want you to create a thunderclap so okay. that people really listen to what I have to say. And I think I might have sort of gotten the idea from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's have a little bit of fun. I was going to say, 
what was your favourite subject at school? But obviously it was <laughs> reading, literature, I suppose. English, maybe? What was English, what everything. Kind of, I mean, I'm also very mathematical, actually. I was oh, like, like yeah, several years ahead in math. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I think some people are like English and some people are mathematic. And then there's some brains that are kind of a little bit of both. And I think I kind of fall in that third category. Okay. What, what did you do at university then? What did you? So have- I studied history and I did journalism. All right. Okay. So you knew you wanted to be with words of some sort. I think I always knew I wanted to be with words. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's good. Cause often when I ask people that, and they tell me what they did at school, it sometimes doesn't equate to what they do now. And I <laughs> think, why are they not doing what they did at school? Because that's what you love, really, isn't it? So why aren't you doing that now? But well, maybe you are. I think sometimes people do what they think they're supposed to do earlier yes. on. Yes. And maybe that's why there's sometimes... A, they get sidetracked, don't they? Yeah, they you know they think they need to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever the whatever the pressure is in that particular culture society, and or engineer or whatever. And but that doesn't always actually echo and resonate with their real essence. No, and so it takes a while for that journey to <laughs> to happen. Yeah, I always remember talking to a very successful businessman, and. It was a networking event and he didn't look like he was having a particularly good time. And I said to him, you don't look like you're having a good time. And he said, I've had a, a you know, a challenging day. And I said to him, all right, OK. And he, I said, but you still enjoy your job. You still enjoy what you're doing. And he said, no, actually, I don't. And I said to him, so what would you like to do? And he said, I would like to walk dogs. Oh. And I said to him, so why aren't you doing it? And he went, I don't know. I don't know. I've got this really successful business and I've got all these staff and all these people, you know, I've got to look after and I don't know why. But he went away and he thought about it and he sold the business and he started up a dog walking business. That is so sweet. And it became very, very successful because, you know, he was an entrepreneur. So once you're an entrepreneur, you're always an entrepreneur. But he ended up doing what he wanted to do, which was walk dogs. That's fantastic. I like walking dogs. By the way, that's one of my great passions and great threads of my life, which I failed to mention at the beginning. Is walking dogs. Having dogs. 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 Walking, sitting, hugging. (laughs) (laughs) I have two St. Bernards sitting in the room with me. And in the next room over, I have a Great Dane. So I like them really big. That was so you like them big. Well, I used we, to have horses here, and then I just traded them. I just I traded them for like really, really big, big dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got our first dog in lockdown. We got her the week before lockdown started. What and that, that kind? And she's a cockapoo. So, oh, she's, so she's quite small. She's not big. And I'd never had a dog before. I had cats before that. And I didn't know what on earth I had let myself in for. <laughs> but now I absolutely love her to bits. She was a puppy. She was a puppy. Yeah, and the puppies are mm-hmm. yeah. They're a bit tough. Yeah. If someone had knocked on the door six weeks in and had said to me. <laughs> you would have just said. Yes, take her. 
Undertaker. I've had enough. I haven't slept. She's like having a child again. I haven't slept. She's whittling and pooping everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the puppies are a bit challenging, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I love her to bits now. So do you have a hobby? Or- I have many hobbies. I mean, I'm very um, athletic. I love to ski. I love to, I ride bikes through the French countryside almost daily, except for when it's really cold or rainy. That sounds I listen to jazz. I, there's, I have lots, I love opera. So yeah. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Lots of, lots of, lots of hobbies. Okay. And do you have a favorite movie or a TV show? Something that is a comfort for you. So if you're feeling like, you know what? It's horrible outside. I just want to sit down and watch something. This is what I'm going to watch. Oh my gosh! I lo- there's so many movies I love. I think probably I, I like so. I love some of the old classics. Like I love Casablanca. I love the sort of the old, that old sort of world of the 40s and 50s film industry. There's something about it. Like I love things like hat boxes. <laughs> <laughs> like things you would never see anymore, you know, that yes. just have a, have a romantic bent to them. <laughs> bent to that time. Yeah, Black but, but, but I, there's a lot of things that I, you know, like I love, you know, there's some really great storytelling film, you know, like I love The Godfather. I love the so one, TV two, three. Stuff. You like them all? Do you like one, two? I, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't like three. I like one and two. All right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what most people. I kind of dropped off on the three. Yeah, yeah. I th- I don't think I was alone on that. No, I was going to say I think a lot. But of the two was bad. good. One was brilliant. Yeah, one was brilliant. Um, yeah, it was good yeah. as well. Yeah, two was good too. Yeah, he does a good film, doesn't he? Yeah. And do you have a superpower? Huh. Well, my children. This will be interesting. <laughs> always kid that I am a medium. Like oh, I okay. very, very, very like like dozens and dozens of time I'll talk about someone that I haven't seen for like 15 years and they call the next day, or it happens all the time. So I'm the same. I'm the same. I've got a little bit of and um I always remember. My mother was very much like that as well. And when she was dying, I said to her, so we need to set up some sort of sign so that I know that it's you. So if there is something, you know, in the afterlife, you've got to be able to communicate with me. But it has to be something that is only that we know about. So she said to me, "Um, "Okay, every time you see a butterfly, it'll be me. And I said, right, okay, fair enough. Because you don't see a lot of butterflies in Scotland, actually, but you don't see a lot of butterflies in the city centre in Aberdeen. So I said to her, right, okay, fair enough. And then when when she sort of passed, I've I've got four, I've got three sisters. So there was the four of us clearing out her flat. And my mother was a big one for handbags, shoes, jewellery. Loved them, loved them, loved them, loved them. So... My boys were in the attic throwing down handbags after handbag. And whoever's sister was, you know, at the bottom would catch a handbag and would have a look through the handbag and then sort of say, does anybody want it? Okay, it's going to, we're going to sell it or we're going to give it a charity or whatever. 
And they threw down this really old brown handbag to me. And I opened it up and a butterfly flew out. I know. I know. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. And she's turned up. I'm going to get upset. She's turned up in various times in my life since she's died. And I've just thought. I believe in that butterfly thing. My husband passed. Okay. Um, Two years ago, in August 2021, he had lots of illnesses. We never see butterflies here. Yeah. Like, never. And there was a butterfly. And I keep seeing the butterfly. I I actually believe the butterfly is a... a, Reincarnation, yeah. 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 I I believe it. He's fluttering around the house. Yes, (laughs) yes. Well, my mom's turned up in lots of places. In fact, I was having a conversation with... My oldest son, she always seems to turn up when my oldest son's about. And I was having a conversation. We were sitting in the garden and I was saying to my oldest son, Stuart, I haven't seen my mum for ages. I'm getting quite upset because I haven't seen her for ages. And lo and behold, this butterfly appeared. And I went, she's only come for you, you know. She hasn't come for <laughs> That's me. That's really funny. That's funny. <laughs> so your superpower is a medium. That's quite good. I'd say, I'd say that's the thing that people... I also, I mean, it's slightly undercut after two pregnancies, but I, when I was in high school, they, they said I had a photographic memory. Wow. I had a really, really, really strong memory. Wow. Like, um, um, uh, sadly for the people around me, because I, I don't forget what anyone says. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but my clients like it because I keep things in <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that, I can see that that would be good for clients, but I it's can, good for it wouldn't be so business. good if you were a friend and you or were a like, boyfriend. Eh, actually, or no, you didn't say that. You said this. <laughs> I remember. Uh, yes. It's funny that. Yeah. So, do you ever feel, talking about your book, do you ever feel overwhelmed? To be honest, yep. the, my honest answer is no. Wow, that's good. It's kind of crazy because what I do here is like work for 20 people. I mean, I really, I I work, I love what I do. I'm like in the flow like every day, but yeah. I, but I, what I'm doing is quite substantial, right? Yeah. So, but I think, I really think the best way, again, I can only speak for myself. I don't want to say this is for no. everyone, but. No. I think the best way to deal with overwhelm, how I've dealt with it, is I am really, it's like military here. Okay. I like really, I mean, I'm I'm flexible. People come in and I have coffee, all that. I don't, I'm not unflexible that way. No. But I, you know, I go to bed at a certain time. I'm careful about what I eat. I ex- I can't explain it. It's very, and I feel like those habits yes. keep the overwhelm at bay. Wow. That's right? interesting. That's, that's the way I, and also, like I said, I'm like, and I've chosen this lifestyle because it's completely stress-free. I'm like living in this beautiful nature, in this beautiful countryside. And so, yeah, so I, I feel like that the environment that you set up, and it's going to be different and the preferences are going to be different by person, obviously, yeah. but the, the habits can really, really, really help, you know, getting good sleep, all the, you know, like really basic stuff, which sounds a bit boring, but, you know, I did a strategy once for 
for Solomon Ski. I, they were one of my clients a few years back. And the, the strategy was about how there's freedom and discipline. Like when we're talking about skiing and all that. And I really believe that. I think that there is real tremendous freedom in discipline. People think discipline is a straitjacket. It's actually, in my opinion, the opposite. No. Oh, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. So, so if people want to get in touch with you, how do we get in touch with you? So you could just, I mean, you can go to my website, which is suerice.com, or you can also just, I'll give my email at sue at suerice.com. I'm pretty okay. open book. And I talk to people if you need help, if you want to reach out, if you want to find out how we can work together. There's, you know, I do workshops for people. I do uh, one of my specialties is helping people with um, LinkedIn. Okay. Um, because, you know, and so if people are interested in that, they can talk to me. And also, you know, you can just also just reach out to me. I'm, yeah. and we, we don't even have to talk about business. <laughs> no. And buy the book. It's available. And of course, buy the book. You know, yes. Go the, the Tiny Thunders on Amazon. Very shortly, I have someone else actually who's going to be printing them for me. Huge. And I'm going to even have mugs and tote bags and everything. Huge. So we're, we're doing nice. the swag. Yeah. But yeah, it's been, people have been really, really um, so positive about the book. That's people love this book. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank, thank you. The chat. It was so fun having our afternoon yes. chat together. Yes. Afternoon <laughs> chat. <laughs> this is Cashflow Lifestyle. My name is Susan Crichton. And my guest today was Sue Grice. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Mm-hmm.